If you are unfamiliar with the fact that vertical video is kind of a big deal, you're in the right place. If you know and you're like, how do I do better? You are still in the right place. I'm going to deep dive with the vertical video vixen herself. So we know what we need to do to be effective on this thing that we call the shorts, the TikToks, the reels, the vertical video life. Welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Desiree Martins. Every week, I'm going to be showing up in your earbuds to inspire you on your YouTube journey with killer interviews with women YouTube creators, deep dives into the inner workings of how YouTube works, and discussing all the things about YouTube culture and the impact it is having on our world. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with vidIQ, where they help you maximize your videos to YouTube reach by studying titles, descriptions, tags, and playlists relevant to your subject matter, while also studying your competitors to help you know exactly what you should be doing for your YouTube growth. So if you're a female creator looking to grow your channel, level up your content, and learn from the best women creators on the platform to get you on your way to YouTube success and future-proofing your income, this is the perfect place for you. Let's do this. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the episode of the Women of Video podcast. I'm so excited to spend this time with you. If you've never been here before, what's up? My name is Desiree. I'm here to be your, your tour guide on this journey that we call video. If you've been here before, welcome back. I'm so excited to get to spend some more time with you because we're going to have a good one today. Way back in the day when I launched this podcast, October 2019, Vid Summit in Dude, Dude Palooza Land. I was able to find a small group of women to connect with, build relationships with, and one of them was the one, the only Miss Shelley. And she was one of my first interviews. We will have the link to our original interview over in the show notes because I don't want you to miss that because it's still super good and you can learn more about her. But since then, she has really embraced her truth of. Vertical video is where it's at. Short form content is how people are choosing to create and connect with creators right now in this time. And so I think that it's important for you to know, when I, when I reached out to her, I wanted this whole, like, cause I know we're all in this still like new, you knew us, we're planning, we're creating, we're doing something. I know a lot of you have been like, I'm going to have shorts as a part of my strategy. I have this for shorts as part of my strategy. And so Shelly, has created an awesome business called Content Minis where she helps long-form creators like live streamers and video podcasters take their content and, and trim them down to repurposed content so that you can like work smart, not hard, and all these things. And we talk about that a lot in the pod. But like it's just a great episode. And also, she's going to be teaching at the Women of Video virtual conference about YouTube tours specifically, how you can like transform your life in 59 seconds or less. So it's going to be a great talk that will help you, I think, with your goals and plan for how you can have success with vertical video, whether it's with TikTok or Instagram Reels or Shorts or whatever, like how you can make it a part of your strategy, how you can create better and like what you can do to maximize your potential. And of course, increase your earning potential. So go grab your free ticket to the Women of Video Conference over at womenofvideo.com forward slash conference and stay tuned. We're going to listen to the episode right now. So it's been a minute since you've been on the pod. Like you were one of our first 10 interviews. That's right. And now I think this is episode 160 something. Congratulations. And so much 
of the world of video and this podcast have changed since that moment. We had a global pandemic since we talked last. You've had some different roles and things. What the world wants from video has changed. So we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk a lot about vertical video today. You ready, Shell? Oh, so ready. Let's do this. All right. As always, why video? Why video? It is the clearest, most direct way to get your message across to people. So that it's simple. <laughs> and so many people have so many different answers to this one, and it's always good to see. So, what have you been doing with video as of late? As of late, what have I been doing? Oh, there's so much. I feel like, you know, we've been getting into video podcasting. I know we were talking previously that, wow, video podcasting, I think, is really going to take over so many different forms and so many different places. And so because people are sometimes invested in long, longer periods of time and getting to know people, they're commuting again, they're going back on public transportation again, they are driving again. And so they're willing to sometimes invest because we know that we want to learn sometimes while we're on our way someplace, maybe even to a job that we don't like. And so sometimes people will pop in, right? Something of um, learning about something they would like to do one day in that aspirational. So we are in so many people's ears. And so, so many different ways of getting in front of people, whether that's audio, visually, it's so much. And so I feel like video podcasting has really taken off in this last year. A lot of home studios have popped up. And then the rise and birth of the TikTok creator, the, you know, vertical video, just creator. It's been huge and fantastic to see because I predicted this many, many moons ago. Like, I don't know if people remember, but I predicted this so many years ago that this was going to happen. Oh, I can back you up on this. So I remember when we did our interview with Shelly, we did it at Vid Summit yes. uh, live and one of the things that Shelly and I did, because we've, so Shelly and I have been friends for a while. We've, we took, we, we text and we Facebook message and all this stuff. We've had, when I go to Seattle, we've seen each other. Like it's been this whole ongoing thing together. I remember sitting with you at our first lunch together at that Mexican restaurant. And we had coined vertical video vixen yes. as like what you would be the expert in. And it's been still a journey. And I know that you're, you know, you're still like, you're now, on track for being this like shorts and repurposing expert and pro, but like it's, that was 2019. Yeah. It was 2019 that you were like, this is where it's going. People were naysaying. And I was like, no, oh my gosh, this so is bad. the future. Right. I so am bad. mad at myself that I did not just go full, like <laughs> balls to the wall on that one, because I feel like I would have been like at the top echelon of educators in this right now, if I hadn't, you know, take my eye off the ball. Cause I get easily distracted by shiny things. But I knew even then that it was the future. Yeah. And like I said, and I don't, and you're 100%. It's that it's, it's the future, but I feel like it's in this like really weird place right now. So uh, I love referencing the Colin and Sierra podcast. It's so funny to talk about like people trans, like transport, doing transportation and doing things. I use podcasts to get myself in the mood and it's usually to get myself in the mood to work. <laughs> and so like, I will listen to Colin and Smith's podcast usually over the course of like Monday and Tuesday, like taking my kid to and from school uh, and then like doing errands or whatever. And that's when I like, like I need to get like how I transition my brain from my weekend of mothering and wifing and housing and domesticating to like, okay, got to go run your business now. And I love that 
they talked about how video podcasting is, I think they had mentioned video podcasting is an, a largely missed opportunity for YouTube. Like now while you can still go to like yes. youtube.com forward slash podcast, yes. like they've been taking big YouTubers like Emma Chamberlain and all stuff to exclusive deals on Spotify, which has video podcasts and you can watch this podcast and previous video podcasts on Spotify actually. Um, but they're not doing anything with it from a YouTube perspective. And I also think the interesting part of what's happening, I think with vertical video, not only is the podcast is like where we are is I think that, I think that Colin got it and hit the nail on the head. Cause I've been thinking about this for a while and it's, we're not going to have people that are like TikTokers and Instagrammers and influencers in the vertical video. Those vertical video platforms are going to be support platforms for their YouTube platform and what they're doing there and things like that. And I think that's an interesting perspective because I think it's really YouTube is really embracing this idea. Yes, create short form content, but then there's also the ability within videos to create clips that are vertical for shorts <laughs> from your own existing content to turn yes. into stuff. So YouTube, YouTube's like, yeah, repurpose. We're yep. here for that. Like, let's make this easy for you. We got tools to help you, right? To help you do a cut right now. Yeah. Go ahead. You can do green screen reaction. Go ahead. We want it. Yeah. So tell me, what what do you think about where vertical videos right now, where do you think it's going? I think we've only scratched the surface of it really, truly, honestly, because, you know, this year is going to be the year that YouTube is rolling out monetization on shorts. And this is also retroactive for people who have already put shorts. So all the people who are, it's like myself in the education base that weren't using music and now can have this, like these videos also monetized. It's great, but it's also a secondary way in for a lot of creators to get into the YouTube partner program. So before you had to have 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 watch hours, which was really hard to accumulate in shorts because a lot of the time you only get credit for things that are outside of the shorts shelf. So it, people have to come to your page or come across you that way. That's the only way that those 15 seconds or 60 seconds at a time would count. And so now you have creators who were getting millions upon millions of views. Some were getting paid out of the creator fund. Some weren't, but that was always meant to be a temporary stopgap. And now with this new introduction, if it's 10 million views in the last 90 days, also retroactive, so people who've gotten in the last 90 days will also be invited into the partner program with instead of having hit the 4,000 hours. So you still have to have the 1,000 subscribers, but now all of those creators, we don't know yet exactly what that monetization will look like because there's, of course, it depends, always a ton of different things we have to look at, including the fact that advertisers are not tied to any one specific video. They're played in between while you're scrolling. So they have to take all of that video data and then the advertisement information and then distribute it amongst the videos that were played in this time. So we don't know and we won't know for probably a few months until a lot of advertisers get on board what those payouts are really going to look like. But it is a very exciting time because unlike a creator fund, which is a very finite amount, this is um, potentially huge because we're already getting a billion views a day on YouTube shorts. So once the advertisers realize that like people are watching and they're going to be able to get their money in front of these people. And a lot of the time we have tons of data that shows that vertical ads actually convert better than horizontal ads anyway. Um, and there's a ton of, of research on that. Once they realize that, I think it, they're going to be going in droves. 
to advertise in shorts. And so you know, I think it could be really profitable for people. And I do know what I really like about what vertical video presents to creators as an option too. I mean, so I talked about this a lot and I need to, this lays out again is for those that have never been here before. I got started in the social media game in 09 back when people were like, what is this Facebook thing? What is this Twitter thing? And I built years and years of my business off of being able to create content for clients. So I was able as an agency and as a creator and as an influencer at the time, which weren't words when I started, <laughs> uh, to create content for customers so that they could have that presence. With this resurgence of what's been going on with video is that puts us back into that money-making opportunity again. And we have this new term, user um, – Generated user, content. User, user generated content. Yeah, UGC. Thank you. UGC where creators like you and me can create content for brands as so that they can do it for their marketing. Because so many of the brands are like, okay, I'm 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 hip to this now. I can create my own blogs. I can post them on social. I can create my own images. I can post them on social. I can create my own like stock videos to an extent. But now with TikTok and reels and shorts and all this stuff. In order to be effective, you have to be raw, real, relatable, and like like an actual person is doing this, not some like highly produced studio situation. So being able to work with a creator who understands camera angles, technology, you know, creating from their phone, creating from a camera in a vertical situation and creating stuff for their brands has opened up this new revenue stream for creators that is not being tapped in the way that it should be and that it could be. So like even you who's listening, like you, Shelly, myself, and other creators, you're able to keep creating content for yourself. You're able to create content like for your brand and what you're going to do, but you also can then reach out to brands that are even related to what you do. Like, hey, and to see that your social is not current, relevant, or in the, the new way that it's supposed to be done, what do you think about a retainer where I create two vertical videos a week for you at this price and you just provide me with, with the product or the service or the whatever it is so you can do it? At my agency – we are doing that now because we figured out because there's so many more tools available and the platforms have opened up opportunities for us to offer the service. So my business is doing great at the start of this year because everyone's now like getting wise to needing to be there. But they don't want to do it. And so there's such a fantastic money making opportunity. Like all of the ads, I think that do well on TikTok for a brand are done by not the brand. Well, a lot of the time, too, the creators are closer to the trends and they know what people are going to want to watch as well. And that's all the brand wants is usually some sort of awareness and virality around their you know, videos. So it makes sense then that you would hire the people who actually understand the marketplace. Well, and there's so many brands and businesses that just don't want to do it because they're like, I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't have time, I don't know what I'm paying attention to. Like, there are brands and even mid-sized brands that get the importance of social media and being able to invest in it. There are also so many that are like, I just can't keep up with it. How do I do it? How do I stay relevant? How do I be there? And so it's just so many things. So what do you think? So I, and I know that's about, I think it's important to ask the question. Where do you think people should start creating content first when it comes to vertical video? Honestly, I am not um, married to any one platform, but I think that if you do start with vertical video, the beauty is 
as long as it's under 60 seconds, you're going to be able to put it anywhere. So you can put it as a Pinterest idea pin. You can put it as a TikTok. You can put it as a, a YouTube short. And the thing is, you just don't know where it's going to blow up. I have one where I'm demonstrating how to use a Tarani syrup pump for coffee syrups. And on TikTok, it has 400,000 views. And they actually reached out to me and asked if they could repost it. And I was like, sure, send me some syrup. We got a deal. And they did. <laughs> and then like on, on YouTube, it flopped. And so like, I don't really care where people watch it. I just want people to watch it. So if I was a brand, let's say I was the person selling that pump, I would put that thing everywhere. And that's the beauty of vertical video in general is that it is accepted everywhere. And you can use trending music and you can do all kinds of things that are specific to each platform. So I say, like, don't be precious about it. Just create the video and then put it everywhere. Okay, so that goes against what some people say. I agree. I agree 1,000%. If you're going to make something once, put it everywhere. Create smart, not hard. But there are so many people that are like, dig into one or two platforms, be an expert there, be known there. I, I, what if you were a Vine expert and it went away? What if you were on, you know, Beam and it got sold and then closed. What if you weren't like, I what do if you're not on TikTok believe TikTok and it goes away? <laughs> yeah, because the government has decided that it's no longer safe and secure for the nation. So like I am, that's what I'm saying. Like I am never putting all of my eggs into any one social media basket and I will put it, I, I call it like platform promiscuity. I am. I'm not married to any. I'll it, post it, around. It's all over. I will post around. I am, I'm all for it. I feel like that's a shirt that's gonna platform polygamy yeah yep so platform polygamy <laughs> I, I called that in a in a episode once on on my show i'm like platform polygamy. the title that we put in parentheses for this everything you know about youtube shorts in parentheses platform polygamy polygamy i love it that's so fun oh, see this is why you have to have friends in your in your business that get you but while we're practicing plat safe platform uh, that's right what are some of the like the to, like, how do I create something smart once for repurposing? What are the things I just should or shouldn't do every time? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, okay, so just some general things. I don't believe in taking all of your content. Let's say you have a top five makeup palettes of trying to shove it all like a long video into a short video, or I don't believe in teasers to try and always get people to something else. I believe in getting them information inside of one video that whets their app, satisfies their appetite, but then makes them maybe curious for more. So in the event of, like I just said, top five makeup palettes, you might say, this is, you know, one out of five, or this is three out of five or whatever else it is. And then say, um, you can still say why you like it, but then you have other videos that have the rest of them. And so no matter which one they catch, they still catch one of your top five makeup palettes or something like that. So that like would be okay. But if you're like saying, um, or you could list all five and then say, if you want to see reasons why and explanations, go to this long form video. That I think is okay. The, the videos I hate seeing, I don't think do very well is like, Hey guys, I'm going to do a um, video podcast interview with my friend Desiree tomorrow. So maybe, mm -hmm. uh, show up for that. Like that kind of intro, like you don't know that that person's not going to see that video three weeks from now and it's not relevant and timely and it's not correct anymore. So those types of things, not an appropriate way to do it. Also, okay. because the first couple seconds are going to be so visually interesting, um, you can't miss it because it's on the swipe. So those first 
three seconds have to be engaging, entertaining, and almost either pique curiosity or like be contradictory in some way, like, you know, putting something into a microwave that isn't supposed to be like all of a sudden you're like, what the heck just, and you need to, you can't roll away that train wreck. You got to watch it. So you have to know that those first couple seconds are so important because most people will discover you about 95% of your views are going to come in the shorts shelf. And so they don't know you. And so just being like, Hey guys, welcome. Like no one knows who you are. It has to be visually interesting from the jump anyway, or you have to say something that is going to like pique their curiosity. So those are a couple things right there. Look, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but did you know that YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but that's why every creator truly needs to be using vidIQ to grow their YouTube channel. vidIQ's tech helps you tailor your video ideas to match what people are searching for right now on YouTube. And once you're ready to upload, well, it starts optimizing and getting you all the details that you need to make sure your videos are getting noticed. If you really want to dive in more and get started for free, please head over to the womenofyoutube.com forward slash vidIQ to get started on this YouTube channel changing tool that is going to make things so much easier for you. All right, let's get back to it. Okay. So when we're talking about repurposing our content from long form content, is it better to just like use like the YouTube app and like do the clip or the short from there and repost it? Or do you think that you need to adjust it and re-edit it for more of like a snappy pizzazz, the text on the screen, the cuts, the zoom ins, the like changing something every second that different experts talk about? Like, what are your thoughts on that piece? I strongly believe in taking um, like taking snippets from a podcast, but throwing on captions to make it more accessible. And people almost expect it. Like they want to see it. And especially if you're going to repurpose it and put it on Facebook or something like that, where almost all of the videos autoplay without um, audio, you want those like captions. You want the things on screen. You want the stuff that is attention grabbing. And you're going to see most of the time when you start looking at videos, those are the types of things that you gravitate towards because your eye visually wants to be stimulated. So I believe highly in taking it, maybe throwing you know your information on top maybe throwing in some emojis definitely throwing in captions um you know maybe throwing the audiogram like things on it so like i am a big believer in that in taking down what you have and cutting down more concise parts and things that are interesting or interesting tidbits and then re-putting those back on wherever Okay. So you still wanted to have some visual elements like having the closed captions embedded maybe having a trending audio to tap into and stuff I'd love to talk about with vertical video, like the messaging, the caption, if you will. I think not closed caption, like the, I call it a message, different tools call it the caption or whatever. What are we supposed to be doing with our captions to be effective? And this also like applies to like the description for YouTube or whatever, because there's so many things. Some people do nothing. Some people believe in the no caption captions. People like... (laughs) We'll do like a long blog post, like Instagram or something. Some people will do, you know, a brief statement, hashtags and search terms. Like what do we do? What's the best course of action for success on shorts from like that captions perspective? Well, I think one experimentation because it can vary by niche, right? Because sometimes in a cooking thing, they want you to have the long caption with the not the blog post but all the ingredients and they want all that information there but if you're in something like a Gary Vee motivational like talking by the dumpster just about haters you don't need a thousand words there you just need to be like 
you know, send this to the, your last troll or something like that. <laughs> like that is fine. And so it, it's really going to depend on the content, the audience and like the actual intention behind what do you want them to do? Do you want them to just feel good in the moment? Do you want them to contact you? Do you want them to like peak curiosity because you're trying to create a sale? Um, it, it really is going to vary. So, and I, I feel like a lot of people just don't experiment. They just think, oh, that didn't work or just the hashtag shorts or just whatever else it is. Because on Instagram, you may decide to do a, you know, 50 word um, caption and then throw in those ideas or interests. But then on LinkedIn, you might get that first sentence that's always, you know, that intrigue one, like the one that LinkedIn always does, you know, yeah. you know, the type. And then when you go over on Pinterest, all of a sudden it just has to be like explanatory. Right. So, I mean, it really can depend platform and content. And so the answer is always, it depends. And, and there's no the one size but it's the most necessary, right? Yeah. I believe in creating the content, adjusting the messaging for each platform. Yes. And I also and like to play like the individual platform game rules so that it can have success. So Agreed. when it comes to repurposing and simplifying, like what are your thoughts on tools like repurpose.io where like you can post something or schedule like an Instagram reel and then it just goes everywhere that it needs to go to. Like, is it better to do that than not do it at all? You know, it's interesting that you said that. So I was like, it's better than nothing sometimes um because sometimes you could just put out crap because it chops it up and you know is it the best you know part is it like the best way to put that out maybe mm. if you are going to be exposed to new people who've never seen you before is that the best first impression that you want to give them because a lot of the time um you know honestly shorts is one of the first times that you really get served to people who aren't in your subscription feed and they're just coming across you you know so more mm -hmm. people see you in that than they ever do from like the explore page sometimes so if you think about it like if you want to put all of your faith that they were able to pick the best part and put it out there then it's is it better than nothing sometimes hopefully if they chose the right stuff um but i think it might sometimes be better served if you have someone go out and like curate it just a little more thoughtfully. Yeah. I, I love that you like kind of demystified that. I use a tool called um, Sendable. I've talked about it for years. Do I love Repurpose.io? Yes. I think it's a great way. What we like to use it for at the agency is we um, put up our TikTok videos and then I like that it will download the unwatermarked finalized version because then you can edit it into talk or in reels it does the same thing and i love being able to have that ability and then we can take that video and then go to our scheduling tool which is sendable where we're able to like schedule it as a as a pinterest pin or an instagram reel a facebook situation like all the platforms it can at linkedin it can go to the places and it kind of simplifies you can select it adjust and it works really nicely which is why i like a tool like sendable over like agora pulse or whatever which doesn't have that level of customization like like sendable does because they are designed for agency and multi-platform very clearly um and it just makes things easier so there's a, still a way to work smart not hard i think when it comes to this but i think you have to pick where you want to create from first and create for that place. So how do you know what platform to create for first? Well, it might depend on where are you currently or where's your ideal audience or customer. And mm -hmm. so like if you know like maybe you're a home decor place, then maybe you're going to be on Instagram and you're going to be on Pinterest. Maybe you're not going to be on LinkedIn, you know. Um, so I don't know if you're some sort of something else then like maybe your people are hanging out on LinkedIn and maybe they're hanging out on 
I don't know, TikTok, but they're not hanging out someplace else. So, I mean, you could use that as a barometer of stack ranking um, so that you could kind of know which ways that you want to go first or which ones you want to prioritize. But again, I'm always about just get it up everywhere because you're right. Customer will find you. Yeah, I think it's good. Okay. So we talked a lot about like to do's. We talked about a lot of stuff. Let's talk about the part that I care most about. And this might be a little bit of a weird subject, but it's talking okay. about money. Oh, please. Let's do it. How are we going to make money doing this? <laughs> well, I mean, different platforms have different ways of monetization. So TikTok is going to have the creator fund. Uh, YouTube is going to have their shorts monetization options open. You're also going to have the option sometimes with Reels, bonuses, and Instagram, as well as on Facebook sometimes too, um, depending on if you get to the level where you can accept gifts, tips, and um, all kinds of super thanks and stuff like that. You can still get super thanks, super stickers, and stuff like that on YouTube as well. Um, you can also get brands to pay you for the items that are inside of, I mean, you spoke earlier about user-generated content. You could be creating content for these people where they are paying you product fee whatever else it is. And maybe you have a, an escalation where if it gets a certain amount of views, maybe you get an extra bonus or something like that. So, I mean, you could get paid from that. You could get paid depending on if that is driving business to you from someone meeting you or like booking a call with you or some service that you offer. You might be advertising something that you're selling like a digital product. So, I mean, really the possibilities are endless on that. I love that. How though do you promote something in a, in a in a short video so you can make the money uh give me an example like promote what like product cool. service um let's start with the digital let's talk about digital products i think that's a, a good or a physical product or a location rather than like affiliates or um ugc and stuff like that like something that's where it gets the products like a, a, a location a physical product like what do we do I mean, almost similar to making short vertical videos for like Amazon and fashion, you could be talking about the shirt and the pants combo that you're wearing and how much you really like it and how if you swipe up or it's linked in your bio or it's in your Instagram highlights or it's available for sale now or it's an idea list on your Amazon shop. I mean, or it's linked in the description of your video. I mean, there you go. You can get affiliate sales off the kazoo for basically talking about an outfit that you're wearing. And then even in the video, if you say, hey, if you like fashion tips like this, I can also do a one-on-one -on -one consultation with you about what to wear for you know, special occasions if you're wearing special occasion clothes or something. And be like, if you have something coming up and you're not sure what to wear, you can hire me as a stylist. I can find the clothes for you on Amazon. I can you know, put them on a list and all you have to do is buy them in, in your right sizes. Or you know, I can give you ideas for clothes that you can find at Nordstrom or whatever company that you have an affiliate relationship with. You could do something like that as well and charge them for the consultation as well. So you could make money from um, meeting with them. You could make money from like the clothes that you pick out for them. It could be a whole thing. All right. Now, I know that so many of us have spent time, and I love this example because you and I are both Amazon video influencer creators. Uh, and we know some people that have made massive amounts of money. Because you massive use, amounts. <laughs> I don't. Not as much as these people do. Um, <laughs> where it's like they use Amazon to like promote products. Mm -hmm. And like the whole like link to my Amazon is yep. in my bio, right? Like yep. and it shows off a product. Like what you talked about the syrups. It's the same kind of thing. 
you know, I it, like I think it's a good example to talk about because we get, you know, I love talking about the Amazon influence the influencer program because it's a great way to make money requires so little skill and such a small audience. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I, I I pulled up my numbers to be like forty seven thousand dollars off of it last year. Someone's salary that could replace even your yeah. salary. That uh, if you're listening, you the proverbial you, not you, Shelly. Um, you know, and it really helps with offsetting costs and things. Like, my husband is a stay at home dad, so it kind of makes up for his lost salary and things like that. Um, but being able, like, I like we know some creators that like they just talk about the things they get on Amazon or for Amazon stuff, and they get like to. It's like quadruple dip it. They get creator fund money. They get the Amazon affiliate money. Yep. They also get Amazon video influencer money. And yep. the company is often paying for them to create a piece of content for them. Not only that, and, but sometimes they're getting paid for the live streams. So sometimes they'll have yeah. 20 items in a carousel. They're getting paid for each item in the carousel to talk about for five minutes, as well as then they're double dipping when it gets created into basically a clip for people when they're Amazon shopping and they see that product, they will like link to that part in the live stream where they were talking about it in the carousel. So, I mean, they're getting paid for it, the product. They're getting paid for the live stream. They're getting paid on the back end user generated sales. They take that same clip it and they put it up on YouTube or someplace else. They could be getting uh, monetized on that. They could be getting affiliate link sales from the description. They put that video on Instagram in reels. They add a swipe up. They're getting money from the affiliate sales there. Maybe they've worked out a sweet deal with the company where they're getting paid to post that story. I mean, with the swipe up link, there could be something like that in it for them. They could be the same on TikTok. So a lot of uh, creators will create a package where the more platforms that they have to put it on, the more monetization that they might get from a company as well, or yeah. perhaps increased commissions because they may be paying additional um, increased commissions on top of what Amazon and others are paying as well. And you can do this too, like as an affiliate as well. Like it's not just like a product and Amazon thing. Someone pays me to like... You could do something like like VidIQ. VidIQ has an influencer, uh, has an affiliate program. Talk about it here on the podcast. They're presenting sponsor. I can make videos about how to do things and show how things work. I've done that on my YouTube channel and it helps with my affiliate sales for sure. And if I wanted to take it and do more, I could and then I could charge them more or they could use my content for their stuff. Like there are lots of layers to how you can get. So I did with, with StreamYard. Like I was the only person creating StreamYard tutorials and then everyone had the global pandemic hit. And so they're like, well, we need a Desiree to do more stuff. Let's work with her to do more things. Yep. And so they're just these options that can like really compound each other for you. So you have to really think as vertical video as an extension of what you're doing with your platforms. Now, while we are women of video and not women of YouTube anymore, you know, and I think though every creator that we talk to for the most part is like a YouTube first creator, or if they're creating on other platforms, they're like, I'm investing more into how to have success on YouTube, even if it is just right now repurposing my shorts over onto YouTube because yep. they know what's coming from a, the the creator fund. They know about the options that are available to them and what they can do there. At the end of the day, people go to YouTube to solve problems. Yep. And I think people go to TikTok and Reels and stuff to be entertained. Usually right? entertainment, it's, right? It's, and a lot of the time, the longevity comes on YouTube. And again, that's why I say put it everywhere. You should put it on TikTok. Yeah, absolutely. Then you should put it on YouTube as well. And you should put it on Pinterest. Part of the reason I rebranded this podcast from women of YouTube to women of video is because of TikTok. Mm -hmm. Like when we, I launched this in October, 2019 and then TikTok blew up like May, 2020. And that was the thing. And I was like, well, one, you should not be building 
a platform on an, another company's name, like YouTube, as you want it's so well protected. But you also like since that moment, like all these other opportunities came about. Live stream became much more mainstream and popular. Vertical video became a whole thing with TikTok and then Instagram Reels had done the Facebook Reels. And then we had all, you know, Facebook Live and video podcasting, all these other video things came into play. They all really work together. And yeah. so it's just like being in all the places I think is really important. And I think that having a YouTube first strategy is smart, even when it comes to shorts, because you have the 59 second limitation. And so if you start there, you're going to be able, I think, to have more success with cross-platform reach. And, and even if you get, like, more views on another platform, if you start with YouTube first, it'll help you, I think, with longevity much easier. Yeah. So what do you think it takes to be a good shorts creator? Like, what is it that – that's the little, like, the formula for success there – Especially if you do something that's not necessarily interesting, like social media education. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can make it interesting. Um, let's see. What makes shorts interesting? You know, some people think that there is like the mundane details. Sometimes I feel like in this last couple of years, we've really become disillusioned with all the glitz, the glamours, the transitions, the things that we see all, all the time. And we're tired of it. We're tired of the huge flex of the huge makeup collection and the Hermes Birkin bags and because people are struggling to pay rent, right? There's a, there's a lot more focus on like maybe um, becoming real, having uh, like actual conversations and having less fluff and glitz and glamour. And I, and I'm all for it because I've never been about the glitz and glamour anyway. So I think it, for people to be authentic, and people to be like entertaining, storytelling, those types of things. I think shorts forces you to strip down. Like you can't do a 30 second intro fluff because that's the entire length of the video. So it really forces people to focus on like, what's the thing that's entertaining? What's the most important part? What can I really get you to feel in this 60 seconds or less that would make you um, feel emotionally moved to the part where you would want to like search me out or find more of me. And I think that's really the secret because if you can keep it interesting, entertaining and emotionally connect, I think those are the creators that do a really good job. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a great way for us to do it. So where can people follow you on the social medias, Miss Shelley? You can find me under Shelley Saves the Day everywhere. Come find me. Or if you're on Twitter, though, it's Shelley Saves the, because, you know, character limits. But yeah, please yes. find me on YouTube and um, Instagram and TikTok, Shelley Saves the Day. Awesome. And of course, we'll link to her socials and also her OG podcast that we did at Vin Summit <laughs> 2019, yes. where we first met and fell in love. So. Yes. I am so grateful for you, your time, your talent, your expertise, Shelly. You and everyone listening are possibly amazing. Until next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts.